Welcome to the You Don't Know Schmidt podcast. Over my 15 years in the insurance industry, I've connected with some incredible women in insurance and leadership. Many of them have become close friends, and here on the show, I'll share their stories with you in hopes that you can learn something and apply it to your journey. We'll dig into career life and ambitions, but also family life and the other real and raw things that make up our day today. I'm your host, Olivia Schmidt. You don't know Schmidt yet, but you will. And I absolutely must give a huge shout out to Total CSR for sponsoring this podcast. Thank you so much for believing in me and making this all possible. I am eternally grateful. And now, on with the show. Good morning, good afternoon, everybody. I am so excited. I am going to be talking with Meg McKean, the founder of Adjunct Advisors, also known as the Chief Confidence Builder. So we're going to get an opportunity to know a little bit more about Meg and the work that she's doing and the new adventures she's going to be on. So looking forward to catching up with Meg. I met Meg at Insurance Nerds Day in Chicago about a year and a half ago. Yeah. And we've managed to just kind of stay in touch over that time. And so, yeah, so now we're, we're going to share a little bit of our story with all of you guys. Love it. Thank you, Olivia Schmidt. I'll introduce you now. This is un, uncharted territory for me, being the, the guest and the host all at the same time, as yes. are you. So how <laughs> fun that we're, we're collaborating in this way. Um, yeah. So Olivia, for those of, of our listeners who don't know you already, you are the Director of Marketing and Communications for Total CSR, which is a new role for you. When I saw the announcement hit my radar, I, I like jumped out of my chair and squealed with joy for you <laughs> and for them. I think it's, it's a, a bold move and a big move and a great step for you and them. So congratulations on that. Thank you. I am very excited to be doing this new work. Everything's new, but it's good. Well, that's where we grow, right? When things are uncomfortable and what do they say about your comfort zone? I don't know. Like I don't know. There's all sorts of things. Zone. <laughs> yeah. But you'll never, you'll never grow in your comfort zone. Like you have, you, you have to keep challenging yourself. And I so, yeah, I think that you and I have both chosen some challenging roads in our careers. And so I hope that we get an opportunity to just dig into that a little bit and talk about future projects and all that kind of fun stuff that we have to look forward to. Yeah. I love it. I'm, yeah. I'm in. Yes. Um, what year is this for you in the business? You've been at this for a while, haven't you? So this is year 16, technically. So yeah. Yeah. And you? This is 20. Yeah. 20, which is so hard to believe. Actually, actually 21. I was an intern in college at an insurance company here in Illinois. So wow. As a, like a real life grown up working out of college, 20. So it's a wild ride and I would change none of it. It's been, been great. If it got me where I am today, then I would do it all, do it all again. Yeah. Isn't it funny how like in the moment when you're frustrated and you're tired and you're like, I don't like something's not clicking with me here. And you're like, I just wish everything was different. But then you look back and you're like, it couldn't have been any other way. Like this is exactly how my story had to play out. Yep. It needed to happen. It needed to happen. Although at the time I certainly didn't have that. (laughs) I didn't have that awareness. Yeah. Yeah. And I, yeah, I just, mm, yeah, I remember those frustrating moments where I was like, well, I guess I could do this forever, but knowing logically I couldn't do it forever, but not really understanding where things were going to go next. But I think it's important to wait 
for that clarity a little bit anyway. I mean, you can sit for too long and and maybe miss out on something, but I think also there's a lot of value in just doing that soul searching, waiting for clarity and understanding and for some of those pieces to really start coming together. And then I think the picture gets a little clearer and you know what to do next. You're not just like throwing darts at a wall and and hoping like this next move is is going to be it. So yeah, it's hard to be patient though. It is not I don't have patience anything. No, me either. I'm with you. I, yeah. I suspect we're probably wired pretty similarly in that way. <laughs> I, I don't always know where I'm going, but I know I want to get there. If that makes any sense. So, yeah. um, but I think that's that as we are on the heels of insurance careers month in this past February, yeah. thinking about our origin stories and how we can keep growing and evolving personally and be met with these professional challenges too, without ever leaving the industry. I think it's fascinating. And honestly, so you're, you're moving a little bit more into the technology realm. Am I getting that right? Yeah. I mean, yeah, that's, I mean, technically, yeah, it's a, it's an insure tech company. So yeah, certainly it's just a complete 180 from what I was doing before, you know, going from agency to an insure tech company, definitely a big change, but also like, I have no doubts that it was the right change. Like there's There's no doubt in my mind. Yeah. And I think it's interesting because we can't always know. So I started out in the business as an underwriter and then I moved into several different underwriting roles and then into underwriting leadership and then became an agent. And there were times when I was scratching my head saying, is this the right move? What is this all about? What's the end game here? And I realized that I needed to be in those positions, even with that uncertainty in order to be able to do the work that I'm doing now and will continue to do. And I think the same for you, we build knowledge, we build networks, we build credibility, which is huge in our industry. Yep. You can't back it up. Um, and I would, I would guess you are expert level in terms of understanding how workflows and, and work product is managed at the agency level. Right. It's a brilliant marriage of your skills and the needs of the position that you're in. It's, and you wouldn't have been qualified for it. 10 years ago or 15 years ago, you had to do the work. Right, exactly. I mean, we, so we learn lessons in every stage. And I think, like we said before, it's, it's frustrating in the moment, but that information, that experience turns out to be so valuable in whatever your future role is. Like, yeah, you, you can't, you can't fast forward through that stuff. You can't skip, you can't, you know, pass go and collect your $200. You have to be willing to put in the time and put in the work. And so I was having this conversation with somebody yesterday and talking about how you just want to be at the end of the process. Like if you're, you're working on something, you're like, Oh, I just want, I just want to see the finished product. But you know, he said to me, he's like, there's no other way to get this done than to get through it. Like you can't skip to the end. Like you're going to have to just like take all of the steps and it, it applies to everything in life, but certainly to our careers and, you know, wanting to get ahead or move forward, whatever that looks like. And I think that for me, for a long time, it was like a matter of like putting that ceiling on myself. We know the glass ceiling still exists or that broken rung is still there, but just even minimizing what I thought I was capable of doing and really feeling like, okay, well, I'm just only suited for this role at the agency level and really telling myself that story for a long time. So even if say this job was available four years ago or even two years ago, which it wasn't, but say that that's, I was not 
ready for it. I wasn't even open to the idea of moving on into a different role. Yeah. And so I just think sometimes you're just, you're not even ready to even contemplate any other options in your life. So it's, yeah, it's, it's all a journey. Oh, totally. Oh my gosh. So I'm going to just throw this at you. What would you say to a woman who's listening, who's in that moment right now? So she's not maybe feeling that alignment with her work and where she wants to go, but she's in it and she's kind of treading water or just sitting in the, the mess and the discomfort. Any, what words of wisdom would you have for her? Yeah. So, you know, fortunately I did have people that were challenging me because they saw other potential in me, which I didn't understand and still am trying to figure that out. But for one, you kind of have to sit in the discomfort for a little bit. Like you need to explore that. You need to understand why are you uncomfortable? Like that why is so important because it does kind of help you understand what it is that you want next. Mm -hmm. And so the one thing that I was, I was challenged to do, which ended up lining up so perfectly now it's it's crazy but write down what it is that you think you want to do like what is that ideal thing if you could make up your perfect day as a professional not like I want to sit on the beach or I want to go to the spa every day like I would probably choose that to be perfectly honest write down what it is that you want to do what is it that makes you tick what is it that you feel like brings joy whatever makes you feel like you're achieving something like really start exploring what that looks like to you and start writing it down because it really does start to take shape. It may take a couple months. It took me a couple of months to write it all down. It wasn't like an instant answer for me, but just writing that down and working through that and letting myself feel the emotions and just kind of process a lot of different thoughts was so helpful and an absolute necessary part of moving on to the next step in my career. So good. I love that. Just that sense of curiosity and letting letting your mind really wander and think about what's possible. Answering that question, if I could get paid to do X, that would be a good day, um, I think is great. And I love that we're moving as an industry. I mean, we're always going to be hiring underwriters and hiring claims adjusters and CSRs, fill in the blank, but we are moving more towards skill-based hiring. And I'm, I'm really encouraged by that working with salespeople that we don't necessarily need to find the most technically proficient insurance people. Right. Um, We need to start hiring for personality and ability and skill rather than I am a proven insurance salesperson because A, we need people. As you know, we're certainly not being inundated with people that are clamoring to get into the industry. So, but meeting them where they are and, and honing what they're already good at and what comes naturally to them, I think is really smart and really embodies exactly what you're talking about. And I love that you started that exploration, but you didn't necessarily make a move right away. You kind of sat with it for a while yeah. and that's really powerful. Yeah. Cause I remember being told like, you can just, you can just go work somewhere else. And I was like, well, is somewhere else going to be better? Yeah. And I, I needed to make improvements. Like I couldn't make a move just for the sake of making a move. That's like creating upheaval for no real end result. Yeah. But the other thing I love about the industry right now is that we have we're in this place right now where we can kind of start like writing our own stories, creating our own roles, which I feel like has been a big part of your journey. So how did you get to, you know, creating adjunct advisors? Like what was it that really started those wheels turning in terms of creating that company? And, And what's, what's your goal with adjunct advisors? 
my goal is to end up not being homeless. No, I'm just kidding. There are some very real uh, financial goals that I have tied to this business that I'm building here. Um, I will say, and I say this totally transparent and, and you and I know each other well enough that that's, we have one speed and it's honesty. And mm -hmm. so I tell this story because I know there are women listening who are in it right now and are like, what am I doing? What is this all about? And that was me about three years ago. I was I was working in an agency and I was, I had a great job. I had, I was well compensated and I was challenged. And at the end of the day though, I was at the time 17 years into this career and a business that I never wanted to work in. If I'm being really honest, I have a degree in the social sciences. My heart has always been my guide. And yet here I was calculating commissions and accounting discrepancies and being math and numbers and finance and being so frustrated that the things that came naturally to me and that I was good at, to echo your point, I was not leveraging. And so I did the most risky thing I've done in my life, which was to quit my job without a job. I've been fortunate that all of my career changes, my job changes have been because I was offered a new opportunity or sought out a new opportunity and I always had a plan B. And in this case, I financially had a plan B. I budgeted for it and I kind of knew it was coming, but I really didn't know what was next. And I took six months that stretched into a year. And I, <laughs> I like to say now that I took a year of retirement in the middle of my career, which I will never regret. And my personal life is very simple. I'm a one woman show. I live very much with in my means. I'm low overhead. I don't have kids. And so I recognize that this is a very unusual thing to be able to do. And I'm grateful and always will be for that. But in that six months that turned into a year, I did all sorts of just wonderful things for myself. I traveled and took great naps and made wonderful dinners and read books and just lived, frankly, and healed in a big way from not just a job, but a career up to that point that was a struggle. For me, yeah. um, sometimes I was missing that alignment. I built a business and a business plan that I never launched. It was a passion project and it's something that maybe someday will we'll come back around. But what I realized is I had a great network. I had a great reputation. I had wonderful connections and people that were out there championing for me in the industry. And I was really, I needed to figure out how to make that work. And so I started to think, I love your it's the same exploration I did. What am I good at of all the jobs that I've had? What are the things that came naturally? What was I happiest doing? What did I not enjoy doing? And then what's the problem I could solve? What's the mm -hmm. issue that all of those things can parlay themselves into and not end up homeless? What is the, <laughs> the viable business opportunity? And for me, it was, it was training salespeople. I saw it as an underwriter in the field and then saw it as an agent myself that we're pretty good about getting people in the door, but once they're in the door, we're pretty awful at really offering that ongoing mentorship that they really need. Selling insurance is tough. There is no way to slice and dice that. Right. And I just saw so many well-intentioned, particularly younger people coming into the business and then leaving because they didn't see the success that they wanted and the firms that they were working for did not see the success quickly enough. So they were frustrated as well. And so the cycle continues. The success rate is so low and I'm certainly not revolutionizing that, but the solution I came up with is one that, that really in my 
my experience didn't exist in the industry. And it's a right. much more accessible one-on-one -on -one model. So I have a strong technical background. That's what you get after years as an underwriter. So right. what are you missing when you're a brand new producer? Technical knowledge. So what can I offer? Technical knowledge. So building on that is just general sales acumen. If you've never sold anything, let alone a product you can't see or feel or touch, it's a hard sell. And then right. you're, you're young and people know you're young and they don't take you seriously. And so, so I bring a certain level of credibility to the table, um, which has been great. And for the first year or so, uh, really, really worked out well. What I realized though in doing that work to bring this all around is that in working with both men and women, the needs that we have as women in that context are very different. And when we talk about alignment of heart and values and work, that's where I was in my sweet spot. That's where I am in my sweet spot. So I still work with men and women. And my messaging though now and all of the programming that I'm building and developing is really to support women in sales. I think we have a huge opportunity. I know that we do um, as women to sell insurance products. We live in a time when people are valuing transparency and honesty and connection. Yeah. And we do that in spades. That comes yeah. easy for us. And so I say, let's amp up our technical knowledge. Let's encourage women who might be taking a back seat right now. Maybe they're in CSR or account manager positions. Let's build the skill, build the confidence and put them on the front lines and see what happens. So, um, so pinch me. I can't believe that, <laughs> that I get to do this work. I really yeah. can't. Yeah. And isn't that amazing when you get up every morning and you don't feel like this isn't work. This is like fulfilling your passion every day. And you just happen to get to like help amazing people along the way. Yeah. You're so right. And it's hard. Don't get me wrong. I feel like I'm adding a whole new subset of skills to my resume in just building a business, regardless of the product right. that I sell. It's learning, learning, right? I'm a sales coach and yet I need to sell. I'm in business development and that's not something that I have necessarily needed to do in the past. So I'm learning that skill. I'm learning about uh, managing the back office, managing my accounting and receivables and fortunately no payroll yet, but we'll get there um, yep. to that point where I've, I'm now managing a team and it's fun. It's scary. Um, I don't want to sugarcoat it. I think there's um, a false sense of reality when we show up as our best selves on social media that it's hard. The last time I cried was yesterday. It was hard. Yesterday was a hard day and and everything kind of came to a head and I was questioning everything. And I always hope that those days are fewer than, you know, the good days, but that's the reality. This is a hard path and it's not for everyone. And I don't, I don't want to sugarcoat it. I really don't. I think, I think it's a really thoughtful process and not yeah. something that someone should just kind of do on a whim. So that's my little unsolicited advice for the day. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And it, 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 I mean, it's always, there's always work involved, right? That it takes time. It takes dedication. You can't decide like, I'm gonna, only going to show up two days a week and I've created my eight hour work week or something like that. Like that's not, it's not the reality of what we do for sure. And certainly, I mean, it's not even a goal of mine I, and maybe it is for some people, but I do enjoy the work that I do, the connections that I get to make with people, you know, like networking, incredibly powerful. It's just crazy how much all of that networking ends up meaning 
like five years later, it's like these people are uh, again back in my life. And I'm like, oh my gosh, like you remember who I was? Like it's, it is, it is kind of crazy to see all of that kind of stuff come full circle years later. Yeah. And they're not, they're not just back in your life. They're happy to see you. Yeah. Yeah. That's just a testament to, we are building networks all the time. We're Mm -hmm. building connections even when we don't need them. And when you nurture them, like I know you're so good at, when it's time, when you do need to make those calls, they open doors for you and maybe not roll out the red carpet, but pretty close. Yeah. Really powerful. And it's so validating. I know for me, those difficult days are always um, made better because someone's out there cheering me on. And that's, it's really powerful. Yeah. I had a bad day yesterday too. I cried too. So like, I totally... Like, was the moon in some funky position or something? Like, what was that? I don't know. No, I don't know. But thank you for letting me know I'm not alone. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. So I I feel like I'm reminded all the time of like how small the industry really is and not in a bad way, but like you can find those resources that you need, that support that you need. If you're, if you're willing to just kind of put yourself out there it's a little risky. It's a, it's a little scary. You're super vulnerable in those situations, but it's also where you're building the deepest connections. That's where you're finding your tribe of people that you can rely on when you, when you need advice, when you just need somebody to talk to and you know, they're going to listen. I think it's such an amazing industry that it's hard for me to think that people are leaving as fast as they're coming in. Yeah. And so what I love about what you're doing and the company that I work for is it's like, how do we instill that confidence so people feel like I'm doing something earlier in their careers? Like nobody wants to wait five years to feel like they're making an impact in the work that they're doing. And so how do we really start to speed it up, but speed it up in a really good and productive way that we're helping them build quality careers based on quality education. Yeah. Oh, isn't that the million dollar, billion dollar question right now? I think that you're, you're so spot on about that. And I think there's, we have to start creating a connection that's deeper Mm -hmm. to the work we do than just selling insurance or just issuing certificates of insurance or underwriting uh, submissions. We have to find a connection. And I think one of the tenants that I speak to all the time when I'm working with a new salesperson is find your people. Don't work with people you don't like. Don't work with clients who you dread when their number pops up on the caller ID. Right. And you get to control that. It's hard when you're just starting out and you need revenue and you need a pipeline and there's a lot of pressure, but we create that reality in a big way. And so Mm -hmm. as much as you can protect your values and protect what you believe in, and it's not perfect. It's certainly not perfect. Um, But we do we do have a say. And when you can find, and I say your people, but that can be a variety of things. Yeah. Um, but it's that feeling. It's that alignment that you have in the work you do. It's the alignment that I have in the work I do. When you find that, keep going, keep whatever that is, do more of that instead of yeah. trying to, to endear yourself to people or, or industries or ideas that don't align with you. Just keep your head down, stay, stay the course. Right. Yeah. And I remember two years ago, like I had no idea what networking was. I didn't go to any events. I sat on a couple of advisory councils, but still it's like 10 other agents. Like it wasn't like I was building this massive network. I didn't know what any of that meant. I think I had a LinkedIn profile for five years before I ever added a person to it. And 
then just realizing that, oh, there's all of these people out here that are passionate about the work that they're doing. And it just like, like that spark was lit. And then I just couldn't really stop it. But it was such a huge lesson for me and just being a little bit bolder than I was comfortable doing. Like I was very much introverted. Like even if I went to an event, I was probably going back to my hotel room and not talking to anybody for the rest of the night. Like just very quiet, very reserved. And obviously it's, I show up a little differently in my life now. And I'm glad that that switch was flipped for whatever reason. But yeah, I mean, I wouldn't be in the role that I'm in now had I not just kind of started taking those first old steps outside of my comfort zone. So, yeah. And so when you, when you first came up with this concept for adjunct advisors, like what was your biggest hesitation? So you're already in your year of retirement. So, you know, so you, you know, you're like, okay, so when I, when I go home, I'm going to have to do something. So like, what was your biggest hesitation with launching this company? Oh my gosh, I had so many. And and maybe the better word is like unpaid sabbatical because it was certainly not, like it, I knew I was coming back, right? This was not forever. Honestly, the thing that I talk about now was the thing I didn't have then, which was confidence. I grew up the kid of successful entrepreneurs that worked themselves silly um, when I was a kid and growing up and had great success. And so I saw firsthand that it was possible, but it was only possible with a lot of hard work mm-hmm. and a lot of commitment. Um, my mom and dad worked together, so they had great communication. It wasn't always perfect, but they were a great team and they, they worked really well together. And I saw that. And I, on one hand, some people grow up in entrepreneurial environments and say, nope, I don't want it. I want the stability of a nine to five and my matching 401k. And I think that I'm doing this now is not a surprise. The way that I got here and the work I'm doing is a surprise. So at the time it was, can I do this? Can I actually pull this off? Will someone pay me real money to do this work? Am I qualified? Am I, is there enough um, opportunity? Is there too much competition? Is there, it was all that self-doubt. It was all of that, the what ifs, the questions and and there was no moment where I said, yeah, I'm doing this. I, it was a very slow entry. And I love your point about showing up. It was a long time before I even said out loud what I was doing. And before yeah. my website was built months before I published it. And my LinkedIn profile was stagnant for months before I updated it to show my latest role. And it was a process. I just had to go through it. And I think there is no magic formula. There's no six month ramp up ready to launch. I mean, I love all the systems and I love the resources. I've certainly tapped into them, but it's a fire in your belly that really like one day you're like, okay, it's time. And yeah. for me, that's, that's absolutely what it was. And it was a slow build and, and that confidence muscle, I talk about this all the time, is something that we build over our lives. And when we start out, as little, little kids, it, it might be taking the training wheels off your bike. That takes confidence. That's risky. And so maybe you fall, maybe you skin your knee, no big deal. And maybe in middle school, it's, you know, asking a, a cute someone to the dance and yeah. you risk the, you know, fear of rejection. And there, you know, risk is something we're confronted with all of the time. And this was just one more of those for me. And I, I had to look back and say, listen, Meg, self you've taken risks, you've made big moves. And 
you don't know how they're going to turn out, but they always turn out. And I will say I'm not where I want to be yet, but this chapter has exceeded any expectation that I had in terms of that alignment that I talked about and that yeah. satisfaction. And it's been great. So um, I'm not done yet, but I think it's really looking at yourself and honoring where you've been. Yeah. Because even when we're in periods of rest and where everything is kind of on cruise control, we're still building. We're still in a period of transition. Yeah, exactly. And you need those periods of rest. Yeah. Like you need it. No matter how fulfilling your work is, you need those periods of rest. Like yeah. we need that. And I think that that's something that I struggle with. I, and I don't even know how to shut it off. It's like something that I, I really have to work on and be just more aware of creating better boundaries in my life um, with how I use my time. I do have three kids. They want to see their mom. They kind of come in here and hang out with me as I'm working. But, you know, just making sure that I'm being present in all parts of my life, I think is, is going to be the big thing that I have to work on in 2020. My word for the year was evolve. I love that. And, and I feel like it's already been like challenged. Yeah, you're going to have to evolve through this or you're, or you're going to take a step backwards. Like that's, those are your two options. And so maybe I picked a really obvious word. I don't know. But I already feel like it's been called out. Okay, like how are you growing through this? And so, yeah, and we're only two months into the year. So it's just, yeah, it's absolutely crazy. But, but I love it. So one of the things that we've talked about in the past is just creating affordable resources. Mm. And because everything out there, like when I look at even stuff that I get involved in, I'm like, oh gosh, like it's hard for me to tell somebody this is the kind of cost that's involved with the conference or the workshop or whatever it is. Um, plus you're going to have travel expenses on top of that and all of that kind of thing. And so it's like, how do we do a better job of making sure we can meet people where they're at? Not everybody has the budget for these large events where there could be tons of great content, but how do we just kind of like break that down in order to maybe reach a bigger audience that, that really needs it? Like, how do we really get to the people that need that stuff? Yeah. Well, this is a total layup because you know what I'm going to say, but, <laughs> <laughs> but, I, but I appreciate that because you're, you're absolutely right. And my, my latest project is exactly the result of that. It's, it's creating accessibility for women working in the industry all around the country who, for a variety of reasons, don't have access to some of the great programming that's already out there. And and honestly, it's something that for me has evolved. When I worked in the corporate world, I had those resources. I could make a case to uh, my boss at the time to go to a four-day conference out of state. And, and that was all part of my professional development mm -hmm. program through my employer. Interestingly, now as a woman working in the industry and advocating for other women in the industry as a small business owner, there's a huge barrier to entry and that's the cost of these yeah. events. And I bill hourly. So for me to be out of the office for four days is 20% of my revenue for the month, potentially. Yeah. Really wow. powerful for me. So I have been creative and scrappy to get my, I need to be in the room. I want to be in the room. I crave to be in the room at these yeah. events, but for a variety of reasons, I can't get there. And so my passion and my focus for 2020, in addition to the work I'm already doing, is to create this event series for women in the industry and meet them where they are. Instead of asking them to spend three days and several thousand dollars 
and beg and plead for the opportunity, I'm bringing it to them. And so excited that you are one of many women around the country who said yes. And not just like, okay, cool, sounds interesting, but yes, I, yes. I want this, we need this. And that encouragement has been honestly the thing that's keeping me going when I'm trying to plan multiple events in multiple cities over the course of the next year. So we're yeah. coming, to, coming to Dubuque. We talked about yes. other, other bigger cities in Iowa and, and that's not the point. You know, We'll do some big cities, but I wanna go where people are. And I, I just don't know that I can express how deeply I believe in the importance of creating connection, not just between us and the work we do and us and the clients we serve, but us as a community of women who have a, a fantastic opportunity to support and lift each other and just build potentially career long relationships. It's so powerful. And I'm, again, pinch me, like, I can't believe I get to do this. And I'm, I'm just excited to get started. So yeah, I'm so excited because for one, I love your vision. Like, I just think it, it's a beautiful thing because I've worked in a large organization. Like I understand the cost involved because I did see how much it would involve in order to send me to these conferences. But at the same time, I did have a little bit of flexibility in that. But I also invested in myself and spent money. And it was never like a small dollar amount, but I thought it was important. And I still, to this day, will tell you that it was absolutely important. But to have something right in my community would have been amazing. And so I'm so excited that we're going to work together to bring that to Dubuque. There's a lot of lovely women in insurance that I love and adore and respect. And so I'm excited to be able to be part of an event that opens the doors for them for something that they probably wouldn't have been able to go to or even thought about going to. So it's like for somebody, I, and I know it's probably going to happen more than five times as you're working on this, there's going to be that woman that was like, well, I wasn't going to go to anything. I didn't even think that that's a place where I belonged. And so there's going to be that woman that get, goes and like something gets lit up in her. And she realizes that there's an opportunity beyond that ceiling that she's created for herself. So I'm excited for those light bulb moments that are going to happen all over the country. Yeah. So I think it's going to be amazing. Oh, thank you. Thank you for your encouragement and in, in advance for your help, because this is not without effort to make these things happen. So thank you for that. So you just highlighted something and this has come up in the past. And I think there's an interesting trend and not a trend, but a presence where women are taking personal responsibility for their professional development. So for me growing up in the business 20 years ago, I went to sales training and technical training that was offered by my employer as part of my employment. And it wasn't optional, if you know what I'm saying. It was yeah. this two and a half day workshop is happening and you need to be there. And I learned a ton. I've been fortunate. A lot of my sales methodologies and things are built on the foundation of tried and true principles with the modern Meg flair, if you will, but super valuable. But we live in a time when you can access thousands of events at the, the tip of your finger through the internet. And I mean, there's, we're being offered opportunities to learn and grow that we're seeking outside of our nine to five. Also okay. keeping in mind that it's unusual that we're in our nine to five for more than a handful of years before, before moving on. So there's also a hesitancy on the employer side to really invest in training. So I love, this has nothing to do with your J-O-B. This is an event 
they are limited to 25 to 30 women in a small, comfortable space. And the only requirement, two requirements, well, three. One, you have to identify as female. Two, you have to do something in the industry. So you can be working in an agency, a carrier, you can be a consultant, you can be on the a tech team, you can have any role in any of those organizations and you're welcome there. And the third is don't be a jerk, be nice, be, yeah. <laughs> be, be welcoming and, and help foster the sense of community, that's why we're there. And it really is, these will be, um, I'm calling them salon style events. So they're casual to a point but we'll focus on some sort of a facilitated discussion. So it might be a one-on-one Q&A with me and a guest. It also might be a panel discussion, which is how we'll connect in Iowa. And I'm super excited about that because you're going to be on the panel. I don't know if that or not. And I'm going to say this and it's going to sound like I'm insulting you, but it's actually a compliment. What I've found in, in my experience is that these events tend to feature experts mm-hmm. and there's a gap between where we are when we're first starting out and maybe five to 10 years into our career in that expert level. And sometimes the chasm can feel so huge from where you are to where you want to go. And as the expert, we tend to revert back to, it was always easy and it was never challenging and just do what I did and you'll get here too. Right. Really hard. And so I want to bring together communities of women who are all over the map. So we're going to have experts in the room and I welcome them, but we're also going to have and have on the panel women who are still figuring it out yeah, and still unsure and sitting in the mess and going through, you know, their own journey and, and building their career path. Because I think we resonate at all sorts of different points. And I think yes. hearing the interplay between all of those different experiences is really valuable. So. Oh yeah, absolutely. So two things that I think of when we, ha- when we talk about this, for one, I love the idea of women cheering each other on. Like there can be, or I feel like at one point I would kind of experience almost like that cattiness. Mm. And so I'm so happy to see that like going away. Like that's not the environment that we live in anymore. Like we're cheering each other on. We want to see other women succeed, but also like creating safe spaces because it can be so intimidating. Like you said, to walk into a room and feel like everybody else has their stuff together. They know what they're doing. They've achieved X, Y, and Z. Yeah, I do want to get there someday, but I'm still here. And I have no idea what that path looks like to get there. There's no leapfrogging or maybe occasionally there is, but really there's no leapfrogging. And so really painting more of the true picture, the struggles, the steps, the side steps, the backward steps, maybe that happen along the way. I think it's so incredibly valuable because it's reality. Yeah. And, but people also have to feel like it's a safe space for them to come up and share their stories and what it is that they struggle with in their day to day, or even saying, this is what I want to do. And they've never been able to like voice that out loud before. Mm-hmm. So yeah, creating, yeah, that safety, the support of other women, helping them build a network. That may be the first time that somebody in that room builds a network. Huh. I just got chills. I'm so excited. So is, this, yeah. is this next week? <laughs> I know, right? Like when, when can we get started? Stay tuned. Um, uh, yeah, you get it. And the reason that you're part of it is because you get it. And because there is a great sort of under community thing happening in our industry. And it's 
really powerful and it's really inspiring. And it is a community of women who at the end of the day all want the same thing. And yeah. instead of doing this like strong arm, you know, get out of my way, it's mm -hmm. like, we're all going to get where we want to go and how many people can we bring with us on the journey? Yeah. It's so powerful and it, it's a choice, right? Like it's, you can, you talked about that persona and that energy, it's still there. And I think for a lot of women that I hope will show up at this event, they might still be feeling that in yeah. the office. They might feel like there are roadblocks instead of speed bumps and that there, there is no path forward. But if two hours with a group of women who are willing to go there and willing to really be open and authentic could be really inspiring to them to, to stay the course. So, yeah. Absolutely. And I just, yeah, I mean, I know it, it probably still exists out there. I just have been lucky enough to now, I don't want to say graduate, but somehow find myself in these rooms where it's just, it, it's full of support because there's room for everybody. Yeah. There's room for all sorts of career options. And so just helping people explore the opportunity that's out there is going to be such a huge thing for so many people. I can't even imagine. Because the thing is, it's like, once you start on that curiosity path, like there's really no going back. Your, your mind just keeps moving forward. Even if like physically you're trying to like hold it all back, I feel like it just starts to bubble over and you have to, you have to at least mentally pursue it and kind of figure out where it leads. And it, it may take somebody a couple of years. Somebody may be sitting there going, oh yeah, I mean, I was going to make this leap tomorrow and now I feel like I have the courage to go ahead and do that. Yeah. So. Yeah. Oh, I love that. And I love that you and I both have taken leaps in our careers and mine was to go out and do my own thing. And yours was to join an existing thriving team. And I think yeah. there's power in that too, that the answer isn't always quitting your nine to five and taking a year off and building a business from scratch. I actually probably don't recommend it. Um, I think right. there's a lot of, a lot <laughs> of really great things going on in the insurance industry, just as it is that you can um, absolutely, you know, be part of something that's growing. And I think about all of the initiatives tied to innovation and all of the opportunities that are there and presenting, just like you said, initially, when we started talking to really craft a position mm -hmm. that gives you all the opportunity in the confines of having health insurance and a 401k and all yeah. the things that make employer employee relationships really appealing. So, right we certainly have, have options and choices. And I think, you know, as we look at the future of work and people moving from traditional nine to five to more of a gig, a gig position, I think that's going to change the way work looks. And I, I give credit to the employers that are already starting to think about how that looks because we have a generation of employees coming up who that's the norm. And so it's not up to them to change. It's up to us to figure it out. So. Right. Oh yeah. And I even think about the lack of career pathing, like really understanding, because it's no longer like climbing the corporate ladder. And I remember realizing like, you know, I had been in a middle management position for about five years and realizing like, I don't know that I want to move up. I just want to do something different and being okay with that. Like even that, it was hard for me to accept that my goal wasn't to be president of a company. Yeah. Or chief of anything. I mean, maybe a fun, 
I'm still working on the chief fun officer title. Self-declared. I love it. I support yes. that. Yeah. I, maybe I'll just get a t-shirt that says CFO and then there I'll, <laughs> but I mean, even this upward mobility and, and I just, I, I'd love to take away the word lateral because it has like an, it has a negative connotation in my mind. And so maybe it's just something that I need to get over. I need to find a different word for that. So people understand, like, this is just saying you're exploring other things other than moving up in, you know, the ranks of, of a normal company hierarchy. Yeah. So yeah, just finding a better way to just kind of build that out and help people understand that is something that I feel really passionate about. So yeah. I'm like, so you, you said that, and I, I have an example for you that I'm going to share. I spoke at a women in technology and entrepreneurship seminar last year. And there was a woman, Julia Canoose was on, she was a speaker as well. And she talked exactly about career path. Instead of calling it a ladder, she called it lattice. Mm. So you can picture it's got all sorts of different slats and yeah. options for you. And, and I love that framing because that was her career journey. It's certainly been mine. Now, the lattice is built between the pillars of insurance. I mean, that's the reality is I haven't left the industry. Right. But in terms of developing skills and, and being challenged, it's very much been a little bit of a zigzag and not necessarily steps back financially until this one, um, but more of a learning brand new skills and taking things I already knew and, and building on certain aspects of them, which was really, was really powerful and necessary for this yeah. to all kind of come to this point. Yeah. I love it though. And I think that the more we're willing to share our unique journeys, the more we're able to empower other people to explore something that they're just a little bit curious, like they got that nudge and they're just not quite sure what it means. And just giving people permission, not that they need it, but they do like emotionally, they just need that support. They need someone to be like, no, it's okay for you to look into that a little bit deeper. If, if your heart's kind of tugging you in that direction, it's worth exploring. Yeah. And I think that, it can be tough. And I don't know, I, I hate to like, sometimes it's hard for me to make it all like male and female issues, but I do feel like women battle this more in terms of just that hesitation, that need to just kind of like find the path and just keep going down that path, desiring the stability. I, I don't know what it is, but I, I, I feel like just when you have a woman show up in your life and you're, you're like, yeah, I kind of took a different course and this is what my journey looked like. I think it helps to just kind of get things turning a little bit, get them thinking. And if people want to keep doing the same job forever, like that's okay too. Yeah. You know, even if it makes them show up better in their current role, like that's an amazing thing too. Yeah, you're so right. I think I love the idea of seasons. So personally, um, I was married, divorced now, but was married when I was much younger. And during that season of life, my ex-husband and I both worked from home and we were really kind of plotting and planning to have a family and both of us working from home was like the dream position. We had flexible schedules. And so the idea that we could have a family and be there for all things family was really powerful, but it also meant that there was no upward movement. It was yeah. once you're, you've hit that, that's all that there is left. And so since then, obviously that, that season has ended um, for me, but I realized that that's exactly where I needed to be at that moment in my life. I have friends and colleagues and, and connections in the industry now who are 
sending their kids off to college and they're saying, maybe that traditional nine to five isn't what I need anymore. Mm -hmm. It was when I wanted to get to football practice and pick the kids up from school, but I'm not there anymore. And now what does it look like? And so there's this interesting intersection of our personal journey and our professional journey. Yes. Um, I ended up after getting divorced, I was still working from home and I ended up really not enjoying working from home because I didn't need that flexibility. I had a lot of time and interest in devoting to my job. And so all the things that I once really loved about it changed because I changed and because the circumstances around me changed. So I think it's honoring where you are in that moment. And that, that might not always be where you are, but that as an industry, we just keep providing opportunity to do more and accomplish more or achieve more if that's what you want. Yeah. And recognizing it's not limited by age. You might get that itch when you're 30. You might get it when you're 55. It doesn't have to be defined by I'm at this stage in my career and I should have this accomplished. Like it just might not make sense right then. And so, yeah, I mean, I think that, yeah, there's seasons. Our lives change. We evolve as people, our interests, our hobbies, the things that we want in life, it all, it all starts to look a little bit different. And so, yeah, I mean, you could restart your career at, at any point. I'm amazed when, when I talk about the work I do, how many people are quick to say they could never do it. It's because of all of those, they're not excuses, they're realities, right? Financial commitments, family, pride, ego, you know, there's a lot of things at play. And when you break them all down, it is possible. I mean, it it is possible. It's just whether or not you want to take the chance. And it really, it's fun to kind of unpack that with people who are willing to just have the exercise, right? Like they're not really wanting to restart their career at a certain point because they're happy with where they are, but they're not excuses, but they certainly are things that we, we can kind of manufacture if you will, if you want them to be there, they're there. Right. The stories we tell ourselves. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. The mind's a powerful thing. (laughs) It can move you forward. It can make you stand still. And it can wake you up at like four in the morning, which has been my issue lately. (laughs) Well, you can call me at 4 a.m. I am an early riser. You're welcome to. (laughs) Wow. Um, That's a good, what does self-care look like for you? You're a mom and you're working in a new job and a new company and a new environment. What how are you taking care of you? Yeah. So this is also an evolving process. Yeah. It's funny to go from working and and not that the the company I came from was not bad at all. It was growing. And I don't know that there was ever a conversation about Mm self-care, but then I go to work for total CSR and I feel like it's a constant conversation. Like, are you taking care of yourself? And I'm like, Oh, I think so. Like, I'm fine. You know, like I just, and then it was like, you need to omit that word from your book. Like, stop saying that to us. Like, what are you doing? And so I need to work on that. I'm not very good about it. I don't get enough sleep. And so that's a work in progress. Like going from four to five hours feels like a big deal to me right now, but it's good. I do feel better. So yeah, developing better sleep habits is the first thing on my list for self-care, but also just getting back into the habit of like journaling and really getting my thoughts down on paper, because the thing is, if I don't do that, I'm not effective during the day. Mm. I'm distracted because I didn't write that thing down that I needed to just kind of get off of my mind at that moment because I started checking emails. So it's really just 
creating a new schedule that makes sense and actually makes me feel healthier mentally and physically. So yeah, but otherwise it's, you know, I I feel like I I do a lot of more self-soothing with online shopping. And so, yeah, I really need to do a better job of of self-care for sure. So it looks like for me in the future, massages and pedicures. Sounds (laughs) all right. I'm in. Maybe we'll do that when we're in Dubuque. How's that? Yes, yes, absolutely, absolutely. So yeah, I mean, physically, I I love to work out. Like that is my biggest thing. I don't ever, I've, I have not missed a workout in like three and a half years wow. every day. Yeah, so I don't care if I have a 6 a.m. flight, I'll get up at 1.30, 2 in the morning and get my workout in before, or I do it when I land, which is always like super fun for whoever's waiting for me when I yeah. get to the hotel. But whatever. Like it is just part of something that has to happen in my life. It makes me feel better. It is like my ultimate stress reliever and gets out all those, that nervous energy that I might be carrying around with me. If I've been on a plane for six hours, it helps my muscles (laughs) start to move again and like understand, yeah, we're not going to sit forever. So yeah, I think I've been more of a, a fitness person and yeah. So then what does self-care look like for Meg? Well, Lately, um, and I know you'll appreciate this, so I cursed the day that I discovered that uh, Thin Mints, Girl Scout cookies, are vegan. Oh, yes. Yes, they are. From one vegan eater to another. Yes. Um, So I realized after I had polished off like a ridiculous amount of Thin Mints the other night that like I needed to get it in gear and and yoga is my thing. So Ah, um, I do yoga several times a week and I like to say on an as needed basis because I I enjoy it far more when I, when I do it um, as something I do for myself instead of because I have to. And so yeah. if, it's, if it's scheduled, I'm much more likely to find an excuse. But when I really listen to my body and listen to my, just my physiology and, and what I need, I find myself craving it. And I am, I've not been an exerciser by nature. That's, it's not my default. And so for me, really learning to listen to my body has changed how I frame exercise. It's no longer a chore or a burden. It's a gift. I am always the oldest uh, woman in the yoga class. It's really, I live in a neighborhood that's just, it's very youthful and it's part of city living here in Chicago. And um, I show up and I do my thing and I'm not quite as bendy as I probably would have been had I found yoga at 25, but (laughs) this is where I am right now. And it's been a wonderful thing for me. So physically, um, that would be where I spend my energy, but I'm really working every day to be kinder to myself. And I know your journaling is a gift for yourself of Mm -hmm. giving yourself that space to kind of sort through where you are. But you know, life is just messy and it's clumsy and awkward and it's not always perfect. And so I'm really trying to honor where I am on the journey and, and know that I don't have to have all the answers today and I don't, I don't have to have it all figured out and that's okay. Yeah. And so for me, it's just learning every day to be a little less hard on myself because I, I say this all the time, there is like nobody when you're building a business that's going to be more critical of you than yourself. I mean, it's, there are always going to be naysayers or people that question what you're doing and can you actually pull it off? Who knows what they said behind my back, you know, when I started this, but the voice of negativity was loud enough in myself that I, I kind of drowned them all out. So I'm working on that every day to just 
show up. Literally, I had a coaching call this morning and my mind was somewhere else. And before she dialed in, I said, be present. This is, she needs you to be present and be here in the moment right now. And not just because she's paying you for that, but because that is what I have to offer. Right. It's a journey, my friend. It is. It absolutely is. And there's no, I don't feel like there's any one day that goes by where you didn't like encounter some hiccup. And it's really, it really comes down to like resiliency. Mm. Are you going to go after it? Are you going to, you know, move through that problem or are you going to let it defeat you? And I think that you're obviously an extremely resilient woman. And if it's one thing that you can like pass on, like just an ounce of that inspiration to another person, like, yeah, it's a pretty special thing when you feel like I could have let that defeat me and I didn't like I, I powered through it. Yeah. So, so yeah, I, I think it's, oh, you're so sweet. I don't get to see you enough. I feel like because you're so good with video on LinkedIn and I'm trying to get better with video. Like, I feel like I see you, but like, I don't see you. And so I'm, <laughs> I'm happy to have this conversation in this way. And then to be able to see you in real life. Yes. This year. Yes. I'm, I'm going to tell you like, hardly anybody was like, can I come to Dubuque? So I'm really excited when you're, when you were like, well, we could just do it in Dubuque. I'm like, oh, we, we could, nobody ever wants to do things here, but yeah, let's do it. And that is exactly why we're going to Dubuque is yes. because there is no shortage of insurance happening in Dubuque. Um, Absolutely. Why, why should we travel to the ends of the earth when I can? So I'm excited to be embarking on that journey and with you along the way. This has been super fun. This has been amazing. I'm thinking we're doing this again. Uh-huh. Maybe live. Yep. I like it. Yes. So I, I look forward to our next conversation. I always get so much, like I'm so uplifted after I talk to you. So you're right. We do need to spend more time together. So I really look forward to our next conversation. Thank you. I am here cheering you on and I feel you doing the same for me. And it's, it's absolutely magical. Thank you. This is yes. so fun. I'll catch All you right. soon. Okay. Sounds good. This has been the You Don't Know Schmidt podcast. I'm Olivia Schmidt, and I hope you've enjoyed the conversation in today's show. If this is your first time with us, make sure to subscribe now. Then you'll be first in line to hear new episodes with a new guest and a whole new perspective. And if you know anybody who could benefit from hearing any part of today's conversation, feel free to share the show. We're always looking for new fans and there's always highly valuable information in each of these episodes. I wish you all the best until we meet again.